A recipe for a good day brought to you by Little General Convenience Stores, your neighborhood store. Why fight the lines at the big box chains when Little General Convenience Stores has what you need? Selling only the best quality brands like Gorelick Farms, Boston Salads, Prepared Foods, KM, and Purdue. Little General also sells lottery, tobacco products, and yes, of course, your stop for your daily newspapers. Weekly specials change every Monday, so check online at littlegeneral.com for this week's specials. Plus, littlegeneral.com is the place to go for the delicious recipes you heard here on a recipe for a good day. So whether you're picking up food or products for your home or if you're looking for food or coffee on the go, shop your neighborhood store. Little General Convenience Stores, open eight days a week. Recipe for a Good Day Wednesday brought to you by Low General Convenience Stores. You know that your convenience store where it's more and they are open eight days a week. And in case you're wondering, Jeff, does that include today? Why, yes, it does. Open all day today till 10 o'clock tonight to serve your convenience needs. Uh, this is a very lean program today. We've trimmed the fat off of it as we'll be talking pork today. You see what I did there? See, see, the, see the lean, trim the fat pork. I I know you got it. Uh, We'll be talking uh, some of the special items that are going on sale tomorrow uh, revolving around boneless pork roast and boneless pork chops. All things pork on today's recipe for a good day. Um, Over the past few weeks with the change of the sale dates at Little General, they now go Thursday to Thursday. Uh, We give you on Wednesday, if you're listening today, your last chance opportunity to capitalize on the sale items today because a new set of items go on sale tomorrow. And we get you prepared for today and tomorrow. Now, of course, if you're listening on Saturday, um, you're going to want to ignore the last chance sale items because that would have closed on the prior Wednesday. We do replay Saturday as uh, part of the new lineup at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. So it's a real nice time slot because it gives you plenty of opportunity to hear something and even make it for dinner on Saturday. So uh, we thank you for being with us here on Recipe for a Good Day. And as we do remind you on this program, if we do cover a recipe that you would like to have and you didn't have time to uh, take down the notes, it's very easy. All you have to do is email chef at WNRI. Uh, dot com and we'll be glad to uh, have um, have you with us now something new and I can actually see some responses this is exciting um, part of the podcast format besides listening Saturday at 2 p.m. we are on Spotify so if you are a Spotify user uh, we have uh, the shows available there when you open up the show on your Spotify app you can search podcasts for Recipe for a Good Day, you will see the red little general lettering. And if you follow us, you'll get an update each time a new show is posted. 
And one of the new features as, uh, as we advance with Spotify is a question regarding, uh, within the program. Uh, so really, uh, neat, um, with, uh, Spotify is we now, uh, we get some responses from some of the programs. So that's very, so look for the question, uh, that you can have. So for instance, um, as we uh, go through the rest, no, 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 don't want that one. I want this one. Thank you very much. As we go through, last week was um, a recipe for a good day. Uh, we talked about bisques, and we asked, uh, what was your favorite favorite bisque? We also, um, the week prior, about the soups and stews, we asked what your favorite chowder is, uh, white, red, or clear. And we had one we had a response here that says, uh, uh, it is, uh, believe it or not, clear. Wow, I didn't expect that to be the reply. So it's a little fun that you can participate um, with the program by following the questions, uh, with, the, uh, with each edition. So you can also hear it at lowergeneral.com. Look at the bottom of any of their pages and you'll see, listen to recipe for a good day. You click on that and that'll bring you to a link with the full list of programs. So we're going to get on the way today talking again about the last chance specials. This is today only as the sale items close out next uh on thursday and then we'll go thursday to thursday so we'll give you tomorrow's specials for the next week uh in a moment but this is your last chance for today's specials what do they include well for instance a little general white bread 279 for a 20 ounce package of little general white bread uh from maple leaf bologna or bologna on sale today 489 a pound from Maple Leaf. From Pauline, imported ham on sale for 589 a pound. Purdue's carving turkey breast on sale, 889 a pound. And from KM, extra lean pastrami, 999 a pound. We thoroughly enjoyed that on Joseph Avenue last Thursday. We could not wait. Matter of fact, boy, I'm going to have to talk to Dina when she picks me up. We may have to pick up another pound of it. Um, it was very good. Uh, it's a milder pastrami, extra lean. Doesn't have a lot of that uh, black heat uh, peppercorn on the outside. So it was a very enjoyable, lean pastrami. Um, it's all gone already. The pound is gone. Maybe we get another pound today to capitalize on a good price for a full pound of sliced pastrami. Extra lean, again, from KM, $9.99 a pound. You don't see that item on sale too, too often. So you may want to capitalize on that today. And then a centerpiece, uh, one of the items we gave some recipes on last week was Swiss steak. What is it? Well, again, you can go on Spotify, LittleGeneral.com, and hear last week's program on it. But the Swiss steak, very similar to a cube steak, on sale for five. 99 a pound. Bottom round roast, last chance today for the 549 a pound bottom round roast. Boston salads today only. A potato and egg salad, 489 a pound. For maple leaf, the hot dog package is on sale, 599 a pound. And fruit squares are on sale for a two-pack, 489 a pound. Again, those sale items are on sale for today only. What we call our last chance sale day. At Little General Convenience Stores. Why is it last chance? Because tomorrow, a whole new lineup of 
of uh, options come your way. What are we talking about? Well, we're going to tell you right now. Uh, we'll start off with the luncheon meats from Alfresco. The turkey breast on sale for eight eighty nine a pound starting tomorrow through next Thursday at Low General Stores everywhere. Dishmarker has their honey ham. I love the six eighty nine a pound. Uh, Meister Chef Bologna two forty nine a pound from KM Polish Veal Loaf is on sale for five ninety nine a pound. Now we have the items we'll be talking about today on Recipe for a Good Day. The premier products on sale this week starting thursday will be boneless pork roast 2.99 a pound that'll be a big subject on this edition of recipe for a good day then on the tail end we'll be talking some boneless pork chop recipes as well they are on sale for 3.99 a pound boneless pork chops again starting tomorrow thursday through thursday Boneless pork chops, three ninety nine a pound. Boneless pork roast, two ninety nine a pound. And both of those will be the center of today's program. From Meister Chef, the cooked salami on sale for three eighty nine a pound. Triple M, the the proprietors of the Buddha Ball hams bring their premier classic roast beef to Little General for just eight eighty nine a pound. Well, contributor Boston Salads is at it again. They bring a nice product to you on sale this uh, Thursday. Chicken, broccoli, and penny salad, seven eighty nine a pound. And from Grelick Farms, orange juice, a half gallon on sale for four eighty nine. So those are some of the sale items. Don't forget, folks, uh, as we close out January today, we welcome in February tomorrow that the entry raffle continues throughout February. What am I talking about? If you stop today or any day throughout February uh, at Little General Convenience Stores, probably by the register. I noticed on the Manville Road, it's after the registers. And a lot of people, got, so I started handing out slips to people that were waiting in line to fill them out because I was telling them about it when I was in the Manville Road location. And my goodness, you could enter, no purchase necessary, no gimmick. No follow-up sales calls, as I was telling everybody in line. They're also skeptical <laughs> that it was a solicitation. No, no, no. This is a little general. Showing their appreciation for the dedicated customers and your service through 2023. They're opening up 2024 with giving away a weekly raffle, meat and more, value no less than $200. It's drawn every Monday, and it will continue through February. It's, you can enter at all locations. You can enter every week to win at low general convenience stores everywhere. Take opportunity. And again, uh, the winners are being drawn every Monday. No purchase is necessary. But don't forget, you get, must fill out an entry form at your local little general stores. One winner per week, and you must enter each week for a chance to win. They don't carry over. So thank you, little general, for that uh, very generous raffle. We want to make sure our listeners and their customers do capitalize on that opportunity. Well, we are going to get on the way. We'll be talking pork roast in a moment. Right now, message from our terrific sponsor. It is Little General Convenience Stores. 
Recipe for a Good Day brought to you by Little General Convenience Stores with locations for your shopping needs throughout the Blackstone Valley. Two-in-One Socket, Manville Road, and Cumberland Hill Road. Great Road, North Smithfield, Chapel Street in Boroughville, and Central Avenue in Pawtucket. Always hot, always fresh coffee stations to get your day started. Grab-and-go meals perfectly prepared for you, whether it's for an easy lunch to get you through your work day or to make an easy, satisfying dinner to end your day. And of course, delicious deli items from top-of-the-line lunch meats to top-of-the-line steak and chicken products. Oh, and of course, always fresh ground hamburg. Stay up to date on each week's sale items by going online at littlegeneral.com, your convenience store with more. Little General, where you always get a smile, a please, and a thank you. Open every day, including today. Proud sponsors of Recipe for a Good Day, Little General Convenience Stores. Coca-Cola products available at Little General stores. Pause for a Coke and cocoa so good with a nice pork meal. Um, pork, by the way, should you eat pork or should you not eat pork? That is always the question. Well, it's a red meat. We do know that. Very high, though, in various vitamins, minerals, and very high-quality protein. You need to keep protein in your diet. However, it does contain some saturated fat, cholesterol. You do hear about those risks as well. But that's really if it's consumed in excess. So pork, yeah, it's a great addition to your healthy diet. Of course, consumed in moderation and, of course, adequately cooked. And that's where we come in, making sure that you are adequately cooking your pork. We're going to start uh, start first talking about a pork roast. Um and something that we probably don't cook as often as we should. Uh, probably because, first of all, yeah, it can be extraordinarily tender and juicy, but it's such a lean meat, it's very easy to turn out dry and overcooked. But when perfect, it is a delicious treat, and that's what we're going to aim for today. So the first time... You look at recipes, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the do's and don'ts, some mistakes you can make, and some tips and tricks as well to help with your uh, pork roast. First, we call it Pork Roast 101. Uh, we talk about uh, items each week, and many times what we've done over the past year is we just start off with some general discussion about that food product before we get into the recipes, and we call that 101. We had uh, Swiss Steak 101. You know, you'll notice that on the Spotify rebroadcast. But, again, you look through recipes, you find one on your phone, maybe in a magazine or a cookbook, and you want to make it. So you run out, and you might come back from the store with some sort of skinny, fast-cooking, actual tenderloin, not a roast. And there is a difference. Do not mistake the two. The pork loin is a large uh, cylindrical roast in the two to four pound range. Pork tenderloins, long and thin, they come in around that one to two pound range. Um, make no mistake, the cuts are both lean pork, but they don't come from the same area of the animal. The main difference between a pork loin and a pork roast, the pork roast is a fattier cut of meat. 
pork loin is a little leaner. Pork roast will be uh, more moist, more tender when they're cooked. Pork loins will be a little drier, more rich in protein. The pork roast will take longer to cook than a pork loin as it's a little tougher cut of meat and you want to go low and slow. Pork loin is a, well, you call it primal cut of meat created by cutting through the tissue in the topmost part of the rib cage, the pork roast. That refers to the size and amount of pork ideal for roasting, and that's what we're centering on today. One of the common mistakes people make is not trimming and uh, tying your roast. And we're going to actually talk about tying in a, in a few details. Cooking up a beautiful roast, though, and you find out that after carving, it's overcooked or maybe has a chewy layer of fat. Very disappointing. While a trim in some gravy might hide that sadness while you're eating, you can avoid it all together. Uh, if tying and uh, trimming is not your forte or you don't care to do it, don't be afraid to ask your butcher to take care of it. It should only take a few moments for an experienced butcher to tie uh, and, and trim your roast. Uh, very easy going on the seasoning. We're going to talk about tying in a few moments, so we're just going to move on uh, in for a moment. Uh, pork loin, a deep cut of meat, again, uh, the pork roast. Um, the beef tenderloin prime rib roast needs a little lot more seasoning than you think uh, to ensure the center slices was flavorful at the end. So if you're looking for extra flavor, try creating a paste for your roast. A paste, maybe garlic and salt, rub it onto the pork loin at least 30 minutes before cooking it, but ideally let it uh, sit on it overnight. This gives that salt time to penetrate the roast. It gets seasoned throughout a big common mistake, we're talking meat here. If you are slow cooking or roasting, again, the goal of any pork roast should be twofold. A crisp crust and a rosy, juicy interior. So pan searing is crucial. Skipping the pan sear before roasting just pretty much guarantees you're going to miss out on that crisp crust. So sear and roast in the same pan. A cast iron a skillet uh, mitigates the one more pan to wash concern. And that is the big concern with the wife in my household. So since you can sear the pork uh, loin and roast it in it, you're using one pan. It makes the cleanup a little easier. Aromatics, onions, and apples, if you're going to use any of that in your recipes. Uh, and you can roast the whole thing right in the oven. Brown the roast for just about uh, two to three minutes on each side. Again, you're searing it in and you're sealing in that flavor and juiciness. Uh, and then cooking it past the rosy stage is another big problem. You're so concerned that your pork isn't going to be overdone, you're willing to sacrifice the quality of your meal to make sure that it is overdone. So cooking a pork roast well done can leave you dry and chewy. It's a bad idea. So instead, cook the pork, and this is where your meat thermometer comes into play, to a 145. And yes, you have to rest that meat when it comes out of the oven. So for 20 minutes uh, or so after it comes out, let that pork rest before slicing. And the interior should be a lovely, rosy, pale pink. And that's a sign it's going to be juicy. It's going to be full of flavor and not well done, dry and chewy. I'd like to talk about tying the roast. Now, when and why should you? tie a roast. Well, there's a few times you want to tie the roast and they each have their benefits. The first is you have an unevenly shaped roast. 
And this happens most often with beef tenderloins. It can happen in pork as well. That's where the ends can be thinner. So folding the thinner end under the rest of the loin can A, make for a neater presentation, and it also prevents those smaller ends from overcooking. You're also going to want to tie your roast when your roast is split and stuffed. We're going to be talking about that as well. You want to add maybe some rosemary garlic. We'll be talking about that to your roast. You can split it down the middle. You can stuff it. You can tie the meat back together for roasting. And if you're just looking for, well, basically a perfectly cooked roast. Beyond tying up a tail end, you can use uh, prime rib roast. The, the rib bones are cut off the meat and tied under the roast to elevate the roast without a rack. You can do it that way. Or if you want to do a more evenly cooked roast, you can try to tie it down. Another great tip for an evenly cooked roast is if there is, uh, especially if you're looking for that crisp, uh, crisp outer shell, you can actually make little aluminum foil balls. Stick them underneath uh, that roast as well in order to perhaps level off that top for a nice even roasting um twine string what are you using well they call it butcher's twine it's made of cotton and it has a great opportunity to grip the meat linen twine could be acceptable but it's much more expensive than the cotton butcher's twine um don't worry about colored synthetic or poly twine you can use some unwaxed dental floss if you had to in a pinch but the butcher's twine, inexpensive. The cotton one, that's preferred. That's the one you want to use. Several methods for tying a roast. Uh, and it may take a little practice, but you can't practice if you don't do it. So you might as well get to it. Hey, that kind of rhymes. Since the method relies on a half, uh, half hitch knot, you can easily adjust the tension of each loop without having to untie or retie several sections. And to actually learn how to tie these knots, uh, there are plenty of tutorials online. Just hit YouTube, punch it in the search engine, and you will come across no shortage of how to do it when it comes to tying certain knots. Um, so first you're going to secure the twine. You're going to be making a slip knot on one end of the rose. This is an anchor for your twine. That slip knot will be used to set the twine in place, meaning you can adjust the knot's placement and tension at any point through the tying. By making a series of loops or half hitch knots to cover the rose, there's a real work to that technique. Uh, you pull a length of twine out away from your anchor and create a large loose loop. And you're going to slide that loop over the roast and shimmy it up about an inch from the, your anchor knot. Then you're going to repeat throughout the entire length of the roast. And tie the roast from end to end. Once your roast is tied around its width, run the twine down the length of the roast, securing it under the loops. Pull the twine so that the uh, it's taut around the roast, but not too tight that it squishes the roast and secure the twine at your anchor knot. Then you can trim off any excess, and you should be ready to use. Again, uh, go ahead, take the time. If you are online, some of your cooking books may have it. It does help to see it done, and don't be afraid. YouTube away. Many of you go on YouTube for your political news. Why aren't you going on YouTube for kitchen tips? There are several chefs around the world that are posted on YouTube. There's one in France that I'm quite fond of, um, and uh, and I use that woman as a resource quite frequently. Search out, and you'll find the 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 tipster 
if you will. Well, you can have influencers. Why can't you have tipsters on YouTube that can help you dramatically in your kitchen? And you don't feel alone when you're cooking either. You have a friend on YouTube. So uh, go ahead and use that technique. You'll see recipes calling for tying the roast when the meat is being improved uh, by any tying. So tying is something that if you haven't tried... If you're picking up this boneless uh, pork roast on sale for two ninety nine a pound, it's a good opportunity to introduce yourself into tying your meat. Uh, we continue on our discussion. Uh, we're going to talk about splitting and stuffing your boneless pork roast. Now, you're going to place your pork roast on a cutting board. And, of course, sharp knives. You don't want to have to push and bruise your way through the meat, you want to slice your way through that meat. So a sharp knife to butterfly it, cutting it horizontally through the center, and you're going to leave about a half inch of meat uncut on one side. And then the pork roast should open up like a book. You want to pound it out with a meat mallet, and you're going to even out its thickness. Then you can season that roast, salt and pepper, whatever your preferred seasoning is. And you're going to spread whatever stuffing you're going to be talking about, uh, leaving a one-inch border around the edges. Okay, go ahead and put the stuffing, right there, like the book, one-inch border around the edges. And then you're going to roll that pork roast tightly, tie it up using that kitchen twine, one-inch intervals. And then your pork roast in the roasting pan. Uh, you can sear it. You can roast the... Uh, Roast it in the oven and go amongst your cooking at that that point. What type of stuffings can you consider for your stuffed boneless pork roast? Well, traditional bread stuffing with herbs. Just some sort of classic stuffing with breadcrumbs, herbs, onions, maybe some garlic. Uh, we're going to be talking some apple sausage stuffing in a little while. That sweet, savory stuffing with apple, sausage, onions, and herbs. Uh, you can choose a cranberry pecan stuffing, a wild rice and mushroom stuffing. And it's all your kitchen, it's all your choice. So there's a few uh, basic uh, conclusions. When we come back from our Reynolds Wrap, we are going to get into some recipes for the pork roast, including two that are stuffed. So do stay with us. But right now, it is time for another edition of Reynolds Wrap. Ladies, are you ready? That Reynolds Wrap by here, Betty? You're best at Pat. Reynolds Wrap makes this whole cooking and cleanup thing so easy. Reynolds Wrap makes good food better. The great thing about Reynolds Wrap is it's the one wrap you can depend on. Just a little Reynolds Wrap can do more for a woman than any other wrap. Continuing the series on winter-friendly comfort foods, allow me to introduce you to Texas-style cowboy stew, a hearty concoction of variants that help make you forget it's wintertime. I've discovered this through a foodie-type email a few weeks ago, researched it thoroughly only to find a dozen or so YouTube videos of different styles. However, my dear gastronomes, all the chefs acknowledge one consistency. That is, every ingredient could purposely fit into a cowboy lifestyle. There is no difficult to find ingredients as the importance of such a tantalizing dish combines them for a remarkable dining experience. Now then, for those not familiar with such a soul-warming production, allow me to share the list of ingredients of my variation and I'll discuss how it works. We've got ground bison or grass-fed ground chuck, shredded chicken breast, diced onion, sweet Italian sausage, crushed garlic, beef bone broth, whole kernel corn, pinto beans, canned diced tomatoes, mixed vegetables, medium potatoes, cumin, 
turmeric, chili powder, and salt and pepper to taste. Although this segment has limited time to present, if you want the entire recipe plus amounts, email me at askthechef at wnri.com. I kind of find it better to brown your meat before loading it into a slow cooker, firstly to develop a more earthly flavor profile, like you would with the Maillard reaction, and number two, to discard necessary fat. And three, you've got better control over how large the mosses are as they mix with the other items. Of course, with any recipe, you've got total control over how much each ingredient you want in this stew. Or, if you favor ground sirloin instead of bison, or kidney beans instead of pinto beans, that's what makes home cooking so fun. You can springboard on any aspect of culinary to make it your own recipe. You cannot do that with baking, however. They use a formula because it's a different science involved. Okay, remember your mise en place, in which we'll make this dish easier to put together, given the number of items. The recipe you request will be suited for a slow cooker, but if you prefer cooking on the stove, I can discuss that in a moment. So everything has been ready to assemble this stew. Everything goes in the cooker. Now, I use a 7-quart machine. If you have a smaller model, no problem. This recipe is easily cut in half with the same flavor profile for smaller, slow cookers. Okay, lid on and set your heat for low for a minimum of five hours. When it's ready, it'll be ready to serve on top of nice, crusty bread for a real full-time meal. Now, as I mentioned, let's talk about the stovetop. As before, brown your meats and place in a stock pot on low. Onions next to soften them, then everything else. Lid on, and don't be too concerned about spillover because you want to set it on low on your stove. The liquid will not evaporate. Keep it on the stove for about two hours to allow the spice mixture flavor the rest of the stew. When you're ready to serve again, a ham crusty bread to the rescue! During the cooking process, the beans and potatoes will absorb some of the juices and spices. Always remember that little general stores carry Khalees Brothers breads for Texas Cowboy Stew or really any recipe you love. For a recipe for a good day, sponsored by Little General, I'm Johnny Reynolds. And that's a wrap. Reynolds wrap. Wouldn't you hate to be without it? If you have a question from your kitchen or a recipe you'd like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Just email the show at asktheshef at wnri.com. That's asktheshef at wnri.com. Salami, Tommy. Give with the gravy, Davy. Everybody eats when they come to my house. Try a tomato, plate too. Here's cacciatore, Dory. Taste the bologna, Tony. Everybody eats when they come to my house. All right, thank you, Cab Calloway. Hey, we are talking boneless pork roast, two ninety nine a pound. The new sale item beginning. Thursday, and we'll run Thursday through Thursday. Uh, basically, if you're looking for the dates, it is February 1st through February 7th. Again, boneless uh, pork roasts. The subject matter, we're going to talk about a rosemary garlic pork roast. It's a very easy, um, but hey, delicious, quick, easy to prepare, but a crowd pleaser. A delicious, juicy, tender pork roast. Uh, you're looking for at least two pounds. Now, I figure on you're serving four people. 
Um, of course, recipes can change. Um, and there's some very easy calculators now online. For instance, if you look up online rosemary garlic pork roast, you may come across this uh, type of recipe. And some of them, you can actually put how many people you're serving. It'll tell you exactly what you need. But I usually figure serving a family of four as a base. Um, you're going to need at least for that a two-pound pork roast, at least. Uh, you're going to use uh, just a little bit of olive oil, about a half a tablespoon of thyme, if you have the thyme. Uh, about a half tablespoon of rosemary. About two cloves of garlic minced. A quarter teaspoon of red pepper flakes. You can use more if you like it hot. Uh, one tablespoon of parsley. A half teaspoon of salt. A half teaspoon of pepper. And one bulb garlic cut in half. What we're going to be doing, we're going to be preheating your oven to 375. Get out your small bowl. You can whisk together some olive oil with some thyme, rosemary, garlic, red pepper, parsley, uh, salt and pepper, all those ingredients together. You're going to, um, of course, uh, get your skillet out. You're going to place your pork roast in the skillet uh, with a little bit of oil. You're going to rub some of that rosemary garlic thoroughly throughout there. And you're going to sear that pork with the rosemary garlic rub over high heat, all sides nicely browned. And then you can top with more garlic cloves if it's if you want. You can add the garlic bulbs to the skillet as well, bring in more flavor. Uh, what you're going to do is you're going to then uh, move into the oven. Again, it's preheated at 375. In your roasting pan, on your roasting rack, cover it with aluminum foil for the first 50 minutes. Then remove the foil and roast it for another 20 to 30 minutes. The internal temperature of your pork desired, again, 145. Let it rest for about uh, 15 to 20 minutes before cutting it and serving it. It's a very simple item to cook, but it's a crowd pleaser. You can't go wrong. Rosemary, thyme, garlic on a pork roast. Looking for something a little more flavorful? Well, we have one for you. It's maple baked pork roast. And again, depending on how many you're looking to serve. Um, and if you want leftovers, let's go with leftovers. Let's go with a four-pound boneless pork roast, seeing how we're going to be utilizing a product like maple. Uh, we're going to salt and pepper it for taste, depending on how you like it. You're going to use some all-purpose flour for dredging, one tablespoon of canola oil or whatever vegetable oil you use, three-quarter cup of maple syrup, three-quarter cup of ketchup, so this is qualifying for one socket residence, and one-third cup of water, along with a tablespoon of minced garlic. Uh, you're going to heat the oven at 350 on this one. You're going to season that pork roast with your salt and pepper, and you're going to dredge it in flour and shake off any excess. You're going to heat the oil in a skillet over medium-high heat. Let it, uh, you don't want it to smoke. You want it to shimmer. Then add in the roast and sear in hot oil until it's browned again on all sides. About one to two minutes uh, per side should do it. Uh, transfer the roast to a large, uh, whatever your roasting pan is, on roasting rack, get it elevated. And then you are going to stir together that uh, three-quarter cup maple syrup, that three-quarter cup of ketchup, um, the third cup of water, the uh, one tablespoon of minced garlic, Pour about three-quarters of that sauce over the pork and then fold the foil around the pork and seal it kind of forming a packet, if you will. And you're going to bake it in that preheated oven until that temperature uh, reaches the desired point, you know, just about 145 again. You're going to take it out. You're going to let it rest. That should be about uh, two hours or so. Then you remove it from the oven. 
be very careful opening that foil packet. And you can turn on the broiler if you want to broil the, uh, roast it for a few extra minutes so that sauce glazes on that meat. And you can serve the roast with any of that remaining sauce that remains in that envelope. Um, the recipe does come out best if the roast has two sections. If it does come out great, but it doesn't fall apart quite as much. And the maple you use will, of course, make a big difference. So when we're talking maple syrup on these, on these wonderful pork roasts, you're not going to be using a large cabin, a log cabin type of thing. You don't want that processed sugary stuff that crystallizes if it's in your fridge for a month. Uh, you want the real maple syrup. And remember, a darker maple syrup is always a more pure maple syrup. So for your pork roast, don't shortchange it on your maple syrup. It will not come out as you like it. Go with an all-natural, organic maple syrup. You'll be glad you did. We talked about tying and stuffing. Well, let's get into a, uh, a stuffed pork roast recipe. And for that, I'm going to the sausage and apple stuffed pork roast. The ingredients we're going to be using, we're going to use a half pound of mild Italian sausage. A couple of links with the casings removed should do it. One yellow onion chopped, two stalks of celery chopped, one tart apple peeled and diced, salt, freshly ground black pepper to taste, um, two cloves of garlic minced, two pieces of white bread, Two teaspoons of chopped fresh sage, two teaspoons of chopped fresh rosemary, one teaspoon of chopped fresh thyme if you have the time, two tablespoons of butter, one three-pound boneless pork loin, and one tablespoon of vegetable oil along with a half cup of some white wine. You are going to preheat that oven. We're going 375 on this one. And again, you're going to get that uh, saute. Uh, the sausage until it's no longer pink in a, in a pan over medium heat. Remove the sausage. Leave the fat and set it aside. To the pan, add the onion, the celery, the apple. Sprinkle it with that salt and pepper. And you're going to cook it until the apple is no longer crisp. Only about five minutes. Then you can add in the garlic. Cook it an additional couple of minutes. Stirring it around. Remove it from the heat. And stir the sausage back in. And just set it aside. Get out your food processor. And what you're going to do is pulse that bread and the sage and the rosemary and thyme into coarse crumbs. And then heat the butter in a medium saute pan and cook those crumbs over medium-high heat. They'll get nice and coated with the butter. They'll get lightly toasted only in about three minutes. You've got to be very careful here. Don't leave that pan because it'll burn very quickly. And when you stop it at the right spot, it's heaven. So mix those breadcrumbs into that sausage mixture as well. Now, again, you can prepare that roast. You're going to place it uh, short sides towards you, fat facing down towards the counter on your cutting board. Use that chop nice. Slice it open like a book, about a half inch from the bottom. Leave it together. Uh, again, pound it out flat. We went over how to spread the... Um, the, the stuffing that you prepare, whether it's this or any other stuffing, we've, we've covered that already a little bit prior in the program. Uh, then you're gonna roll, roll out that piece of meat. Uh, you're gonna, you're going to, uh, by the way, pounding it. Don't skip that. If you don't have a mallet, you know, I've used my fist just dropping it down, uh, like a mallet. Don't, Skip flattening out or evening out. You can actually gain 10 to 20% of surface space. Surface space means more stuffing. 
it's a big mistake to skip that. So if you pound it out, again, you roll it up, you tie it. You, you, you uh, starting with the short side, roll up a tight jelly roll type style. Then you can secure that roast with kitchen twine as we described earlier. Heat up that uh, pan over medium high heat. Again, you're going to roast and brown all sides. Just because you're stuffing and rolling it doesn't mean you're going to skip browning it before roasting it. Once you do uh, roast and saute all sides of that, sear all sides of that pork roast. You're going to place it in a roasting pan, fit it on a roasting rack, add the wine to the bottom of the pan. That'll keep the juices from burning and give you a, a nice sauce at the end. Bake it for 45 minutes to one hour until the internal temperature hits that 145 on your instant read thermometer, remove it, allow it to rest 15, 20 minutes, and then slice it and serve it. And again, you're going to be slicing it maybe about a half inch. Uh, it should fall right off and give a wonderful presentation on the plate. Don't be disappointed if your first one comes out a little funny looking. It does not mean it will taste funny. And you will get better each time you try it. It's time for Seasonings Greetings here on a Recipe for a Good Day. And then we will follow up with some discussion on boneless pork chops. Lots more to go. And now, it's time for Seasonings Greetings, a segment dedicated to all things that add flavor to our favorite food. And here is your host of Seasonings Greetings, the Sage of Stroganoff, the Baron of Barbecue, the Prince of Piccata, Johnny Reynolds Jr. Welcome to this segment of Recipe for a Good Day, focusing on a worldwide spice known for its intense flavor, instantly recognized aroma, and user-friendly application. My fellow gastronomes, cinnamon, a bushy evergreen tree of the laurel family and the spice derived from its bark. Yeah, when you eat cinnamon, you're eating a tree. Cinnamon is native to Sri Lanka, formerly known as Ceylon, the neighboring Malabar coast of India, and Myanmar, which is also known as Burma. It's also cultivated in South America and the West Indies. The spice, consisting of a dried inner bark, is brown in color and has a delicately fragrant aroma and very warm, sweet flavor. Cinnamon is used to flavor a variety of foods from all over the world, confections to curries to beverages, and is popular in bakery goods in many places. Cinnamon essential oil is distilled from the bark fragments for use in food, liquor, perfume, and drugs. Cinnamon was once more valuable than gold. In Egypt, it was sought for embalming and religious practices. In medieval Europe, it was used for religious rites and as a flavoring. Later, it was the most profitable spice in the Dutch East India Company trade, and various related spices are also cultivated as a source of cinnamon spice, including those from China, Vietnam, Indonesia, and the Malabar region of India. The cinnamon tree grows in moist, well-drained soils and rarely reaches more than 15 meters or 49 feet in height. The thick, simple leaves have smooth margins and are usually oval. The veins are roughly parallel to each other. Young leaves are red and mature to a deep green. The small flowers are greenish to yellow and are born in clusters. The fruit is a dark droop. Cinnamon contains 0.5 to 1% essential oil, the principal component of which is cinnamonic aldehyde. The grower harvests the main crop in the wet season, cutting the shoots close to the ground. In processing, the shoots are first scraped in a semicircular blade, then rubbed with a brass rod to loosen the bark, which is split with a knife and then peeled. The peels are telescoped into one another, forming a quill about 42 inches long and filled with trimmings of the same quality bark to maintain a cylindrical shape. After four or five days of drying, the quills are rolled on a board to tighten the filling and then placed in subdued sunlight for further drying. Finally, they're bleached with 
sulfur dioxide and sorted into grades. There is a myriad of non-food uses and benefits of cinnamon. Here they are. Number one, it contains a powerful medicinal properties. Then, they're loaded with antioxidants. Number three, they may have anti-inflammatory properties. Number four, it also can protect against heart disease. Number five, it could improve sensitivity to insulin. So what is insulin? Well, it's one of the key hormones that regulate metabolism and energy use. It's also essential for transporting blood sugar from your bloodstream to your cells. Number six, cinnamon helps lower blood sugar levels. You may want to check with your doctor on that one. Number seven, it may have beneficial effects on neurodegenerative diseases. Number eight, cinnamon has been widely studied for its potential use in cancer prevention and treatment. And finally, it may prevent bacterial and fungal infections and antiviral properties. You are owed many recipes with cinnamon, but this segment is prepared for your recognition of cinnamon's benefit in food. Little General Stores is ready to serve you every day with great locally roasted coffee, as well as the best prices for all your deli meats. Little General Convenience Stores, we're here for you. Cooking good looking. We're going to be cooking some southern, listen to this, southern smothered pork chops. Uh, my newest recipe book at home is Southern Style Cooking. And I was excited to see that boneless pork chops on sale starting Thursday, February 1st through February 7th. Boneless pork chops at all low general locations, $3.99 a pound. So let's talk a little bit about boneless pork chops. And of course, some people love them, some people hate them. People that hate them call them dry and overcooked, but there's reasons for that, of course. It's easy to avoid not-so-great pork chops. So here's a few uh, common mistakes that result in bad pork chops. Um, dry pork chops, preventing dry pork chops are top priority. So choosing the right pork chops is a big thing. Uh, but it is, of course... The best result we we're looking for. So thickness, thinness, you have to be aware. Pork chops that are thin cut, well, they're highly prone to overcooking and you're going to use a low heat. Uh, it's not uncommon to see boneless pork chops that are cut a half inch or even thinner. These super thin pork chops are always boneless because the width of the bone itself prevents the meat from being sliced any thinner. So if you opt out of the boneless variety, make sure you choose a thin sliced pork chop that are at least one to one and a half inches thick. But we do have boneless pork chops. That's what we're talking about on sale. Three ninety nine a pound. Uh, they are relatively lean, which results to e easily overcooking them if spend too much time in a hot pan, oven, or grill. They shouldn't be ice cold when they hit the pan or grill either. By the time the interior temperature reaches the diet 145, the outer crust will be much hotter and drier. So what do we do to solution this? Well, take those pork chops out of the fridge about 30 minutes before you plan to cook them. You want that pork to sit and come to room temperature, and you can use that time to season or marinate the meat. Not seasoning the food, having insufficient seasoning is a big problem, um, and it does make a difference. So when you do it, 
It matters less that the fact that you season them all at a minimum. Use kosher salt, freshly black ground pepper. Marinating can help if you're cooking the chops on the grill, especially since the marinade will help prevent them from drying out on the fire. So dry rubs, that can also be a nice option as well. You see fat around the edges of the pork chop, not trimming off excess fat can be a problem too. It should be trimmed to about a quarter of an inch all around. So if your butcher hasn't done it, get it at home with a sharp knife. Make sure you do it, especially when grilling. The excess fat drips onto the uh, parts where the flame is created, whether using coals or not, and creates flare-ups. Flare-ups create all kinds of problems on the grill. Cooking uh, pork chops so well done, a big mistake. We understand why. You have the fear of any foodborne illness that has long since been eradicated. For generations, people were taught that pork needed to be cooked to an internal temperature of 160 Fahrenheit to destroy parasitic worms. But those parasitics in, in pork were eradicated really in the 1990s. Uh, and in 2011, the USDA updated the cooking guidelines. Now they're recommending 145 as the correct target temperature to properly prepare pork. So instead of automatically drying out all your porks by cooking them too much, you can enjoy the juicy pork chops once a nice medium is achieved inside of instead of well done. If you want them juicy, resting the pork chops after cooking, an absolute must. Resting means your pork chops or any meat sits for a few minutes after it's cooking from the grill or whatever that heat source is. So cook that piece of meat, you let that juices race towards the center away from the heat source, and you cut into it immediately, those juices spill all over the place. By letting the meat rest a few minutes, those juices get reabsorbed, ensuring that every bite is as juicy as possible. So for pork chops resting two to to three minutes, um, maybe up to five should be fine, depending on how thin or thick that cut is. And of course, the roast, we were talking about 15 to 20 minutes. So let's get into our recipe. We are talking a delicious southern smothered pork chop. Mm, mm, mm. About for about uh, ten minutes to prep, about thirty minutes to cook, plus the resting time. You're looking at about forty minutes here for this delicious main course, and we're going to be using your stove top. So a classic Southern smothered pork chop recipe. Talk about comfort food at its finest. Uh, and it comes with a nice rich onion gravy, a perfect dish here. So we're going to be using uh, I don't know four boneless. Uh, pork chops for this one. Uh, kosher salt, freshly ground black pepper to taste. One teaspoon of garlic powder. One teaspoon of smoked paprika. One half cup of all-purpose flour. Four tablespoons of unsalted butter. Two tablespoons of olive oil. One medium-sized white onion. You're going to cut and slice it into half moons. Four cloves of garlic finely minced. Two teaspoons of fresh thyme, if you have the thyme, the stem, uh, and two cups of chicken stock or broth, and a half cup of heavy whipping cream. So, first step, you're going to use a paper towel to pat dry the pork chops on both sides. Season those pork chops, salt and pepper to taste, along with the garlic powder and smoked paprika on all sides. And you can use your hands, fitted maybe with some gloves if you want, uh, to massage those spices into the chops. It's called a dry rub for a reason. Rub it in and then set the pork chops aside. Add the flour into a shallow uh, uh, plate 
uh, dip each pork chop into the flour, coat it well on all sides, shake off the excess flour, and the floured pork chops will then go into a small baking sheet or platter, and you can repeat the process until all your pork chops are coated in the flour, but do not discard that remaining flour. Go ahead and put it aside. In a large non-stick skillet, you're going to heat butter, olive oil, whatever you're using over medium heat. And once that sizzles, you can gently swirl the skillet to evenly coat the bottom. And then add the pork chop into the skillet. Careful not to overcrowd the pan. We talk about that for many years here. Depending on the size of your chops, you may want to cook them in batches. Remember, when you flip, you need a hot place to flip that sucker. When you put your pork chop on a pan that's hot... The spot under the pork chop is not as hot. So when you flip the pork chop, if you use the same spot, you're not getting the same sear. So you want to flip it onto another hot spot in the pan. Therefore, don't overcrowd it. And as always, if you overcrowd it, you'll steam and not, not cook it. Um, so cook the pork chops about four to five minutes on each side. You get a nice brown sear or crust. Then you can transfer the fried pork chop onto a clean baking sheet, platter, and cover it with foil. Add onions to the skillet and saute, stirring them often. Add the onions to break down and caramelize until they reach that deep golden brown color. And then add in the garlic and continue stirring it until fragrant about one more minute once the garlic is in there. Two tablespoons of reserved flour. Sprinkle it into the skillet. Stir the flour into the onion mixture until the flour begins to dissolve. The flour should absorb most, if not all, of any of the butter or oil that's left in the skillet. And make sure that all the flour has fully dissolved. Sprinkle in the fresh thyme. Stir it together once more. And then you're going to pour the stock and use a wooden utensil to stir the stock into the mixture, scraping any bits of deliciousness off the bottom of the pan and continue cooking until the mixture starts to thicken about two to three minutes. At that point, stir in the heavy cream, bring the gravy together and allow the mixture to come up with a simmer and then taste that gravy, adjust it to your preference, adding more salt and pepper is what we're talking about. Add the pork chops along with any residual juices from, and spoon the gravy right over the pork chops. You're going to reduce the heat to a medium low and let the chops simmer in that gravy to finish off just about 10 to 15 minutes more. And you'll notice the gravy start to thicken nicely and take on even a deeper color as it melds with the pork chops. And then last step, remove it from the heat. Again, you're going to let the dish cool. We're talking three to five minutes here for the boneless pork chops. And then you can serve those smothered pork chops immediately alongside your favorite dishes. What are we talking about to go with this? Well, I'll be perfect with mashed potatoes. Maybe you want something different. How about mashed cauliflower? Something to bring to your table that may be a little unique. Brown rice, white rice, or whatever your favorite rice is. You can serve it with cornbread, buttermilk cornbread, or sweet potato cornbread. Keep it southern. Uh, veggies. Goes great with a lot of the greens. We're talking broccoli, green beans, asparagus, Brussels sprouts, whatever's on your mind. The smothered pork chops will be ready to delight your dinner guests. And then store those smothered pork chops in an airtight container refrigerator. They should keep for two, three days if you want. And um, enjoy your southern smothered pork chops. They certainly sound delicious. Well, that brings an end to another edition of Recipe for a Good Day here on your uh, Wednesday, if you're listening live, or Saturday, if you're listening on the replay. We're going to recap the specials before we step out. Remember, if you're listening on Wednesday live, it is your final day for Swiss steak, $5.99 a pound, bottom round roast, $5.49 a pound. 
Uh, the items, uh, the premier items we've been talking about this week go on sale on February 1st. They remain on sale through February 7th. That is your boneless pork roast for $2.99 a pound and the boneless pork chops for $3.99 a pound. Other sale items that go into effect on Thursday to Thursday will be turkey breast, $8.89 a pound from El Fresco. Douchemacher honey ham, $6.89 a pound. Meister Chef bologna, $2.49 a pound. KM Polish real loaf, $5.99 a pound. From Meister Chef to cook salami for $3.89 a pound. Triple M classic roast beef, Thursday, February 1st through February 7th, $8.89 a pound. And don't forget, any store location, enter the free, no purchase necessary, weekly raffle of meat and more. The entries are, the winner is drawn once a week on Monday, one winner per week. The value will be no less than $200 of meat and more. A thank you from Little General Convenience Stores. As we enter 2024. So thank you for joining us here on a recipe for a good day Wednesday. We will talk to you next week. Until then, of course, we say bon appetit.